Well, <laughs> it's been over a year. I know, but everyone now. is so like in denial about what the next phase is until it's like officially official. Like still nobody wants me to, or, or no one's willing to let me tell them that this takes until there's a vaccine. We didn't have an increase in the increase of uh, <laughs> cases. If we flatten that stuff, that means we don't have to do anything more ridiculous. <laughs> Like the weird thing about the anniversary here is that what we have are similar vibes in terms of like um, inconsistent feelings on what may or may not be going on and the severity of it. I don't know when we mark like the official beginning because like there was definite like there was definitely pandemic in this country in like January, February, maybe even earlier. We just didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, New Jersey, New York City area was kind of like the initial like outbreak that was counted. Yeah, New York City was like <laughs> hit hard and fast. And we're seeing those exact numbers again right now, but they are a decrease from the uh, winter uh, peak of fuck it, we're doing Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had one of those too, um, and it was our highest cases ever. We're down to around the um, the summer slump levels, where it was like you know four to five hundred cases a day ish, instead of like a thousand or or so in Fairfax County. Right, and what I noticed is that the like on a state by state or regional basis. Um, a lot of states are like, you know, sort of last summer, uh, numbers, but there are regions like, um, extended New York City and Michigan, which are flat at this high level. It's not like really going anywhere. And also like, I hate when people say, like, oh, like, we can see, you know, cases are decreasing because, like, the data is always backfilled. <laughs> so, like, the front end is always sagging. So, like, it always looks like it peaked yesterday <laughs> mm. because you only have half of today's data. So, you know, of course, that hasn't gotten any better <laughs> over the last year. Math says that <laughs> if the uh, uh, herd immunity threshold is... Like, based on, like, you know, the spreadability number, the r not, And we have no idea what that is because, like, the slope of the graph is always something like 1.1 or something. Like, it never even, like, hits 2 or anything. Because, like, that's, like, actual cases, but that's because everyone is um, doing their best to live in the rules they believe in. <laughs> Yeah. We do have one study that says it looks like 80% of the spread is coming from 10% of the infected people. Like, on one hand, like, you can't draw, like, a real number out of that. <laughs> but it also says that, like, it's people who are unable or unwilling to do the thing that are causing most of the damage. I wonder which it primarily is. Probably... Probably it's more people unable to 
um, well, then again, where did they get in? Well, it's hard to say, because on the one hand, you have people like going to weddings willy nilly and like traveling. And I I read a Slate article the other day about somebody who um, traveled to Hawaii, which has really strict uh, rules about where you can get a test and you have to get it three days, no more, no less (laughs) or something. Um, And this woman who lives somewhere in Northern Virginia, so could be my neighbor for all I know, um, decided that, well, because there wasn't an approved testing facility near her house, that she would just go wherever and present her papers and it would be okay. Well, it was not okay. Um, and so she wrote this Slate article and whatever. And the the commentariat, <laughs> which is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know why I look at the... Sometimes it's interesting. They're all like, why did you think that would be okay? The rules are very explicitly spelled out. Why did you think that not following them would just be fine for you? And the answer is because it's a white woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as as a white woman, we're very accustomed to people going out of their way to accommodate us. And she figured that the state of Hawaii would do that for her. But the thing about the state of Hawaii is that most people there aren't super willing to go extra out of their way to accommodate white women. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of the few parts of this country that are minority um, Asian American. <laughs> And uh, there's a long history of white people fucking up the shit. <laughs> so, Like that time we stole it. Right. <laughs> so like, there's just, there are people who like are just doing things and they th- and they're not vaccinated. They just think it'll be fine. And I don't understand why they think it'll be fine. Like, I, I've had my first dose of vaccine and I don't think it'll be fine. So I continue to not go anywhere. I don't really have to go. Yeah, and oof, boy, did vaccine get weird. So um, (laughs) in terms of like first doses, something I predicted uh, would be the case, which is that like the way the priority groups were set up made it so that like 40 to 60 percent of the population was (laughs) in a priority group in any given region. And I got the uh, weekly update email from the state of New Jersey, like, just now and it's uh, three million dose ones and we're still like not all the way through like all the priority groups and we're a state of like eight million and it's like yeah that tracks also like everybody's in group one because group one has a b c and like b2 right it just just, they just specifically screwed over grocery store workers yeah um mail carriers only recently so my perspective uh I live in Fairfax County, which is doing its own vaccine thing separate from the state of Virginia, I, because we're too rich <laughs> to, mm. to bother with whatever is going on in the rest of the state, apparently. Whatever. It worked out for me. I didn't have to drive hundreds of miles. My The pharmacy I went to is literally like, I don't know, 100 feet from my house, except that there's a <laughs> fence and a shopping center <laughs> in between. And since I wasn't super willing uh, to hop the fence... I did drive the mile, which it is, to go by the roads. Um, Also because it was cold and they made us all wait in our cars until we were summoned. But I don't know. It's one of the criteria for priority groups for like 1A or 1B. I think we're in 1B. uh, And there's a 1C as well. (laughs) But one of the priority groups is people with a BMI over 25, which is like almost everybody. (laughs) Yep. Which, on the one hand, I mean, yes, 
everybody needs to get this vaccine. On the other hand, like, I don't know. As I've said to everyone who has expressed um, either, like, disinterest or interest in using the BMI provision to uh, go get it is that we all know BMI is uh, white skewing junk science and that it is usually used to harm people. So why not take the one win it's ever going to give you? Right. Also, it is the case that outcomes are frequently worse for for patients with higher BMIs because of medical discrimination. So it's doubly important (laughs) for you to get the vaccine because not only is there an actual like potential slightly increased risk due to BMI because of physical chemistry or whatever, but also you're going to be discriminated against because your doctors and nurses, many of whom have higher BMIs themselves, will discriminate against you because, well, if you lost some weight, you wouldn't have broken your arm. Yeah. Have you tried just losing weight for your Mm -hmm. name condition here, almost anything? Also, BMI wasn't on the list uh, with the uh, uh, priority group specifications from December that I was using to make my guesstimate on. So, yeah, it's just like, like, just why bother at this point? Like, if anything, like, the priority groups should be used for something instead, like, I don't know, I guess, like, priority for, like, any given day or something, or, like, so many, like, portions or whatever but you know what'd be really cool is if employers of essential workers like grocery stores like helped administer <laughs> to their own employees because that's an obvious priority group is the people who you know feed the rest of us um and yet like None of those people can randomly take off work because you can, I mean, when you go to get an appointment, you don't necessarily have a wide array of choices as to location and time. And for me, that's no big deal. I can accommodate whatever. I got a convenient appointment right near my house at a time that worked for me. But like if I worked at Safeway and I I didn't even know my schedule next week, let alone like, you know, have the flexibility to just leave whenever that would be a lot harder for me. So like I've, I've seen advocating for administering the vaccine to children at their actual schools, which is great when we're at the point that we're vaccinating children. But it would be really neat if like they could just set up a vaccine clinic in each grocery store, like just in, in, in a given area and just administer vaccines to everybody who works there. Yeah, that would have made more sense. But no, we're not doing anything the <laughs> yeah. way that makes sense. I mean, at least they kind of did that with like old people in, in nursing homes. Like they could go to the nursing home and whatever. And I don't know. But still a lot of people are like, well, I have to go to the CVS. And it's like, well, okay. I have to go to the CVS 100 miles from here. And it's like, oh, that's not great. Yeah. I mean, I was supposed to get it at work. And like the governor just sort of dropped the ball on that paperwork because like, we wanted to submit it in two waves to do like um, the direct caregivers in one submission and then followed by all of the uh, support staff in another submission. So that even though like it's all 1A, um, you know, to just sort of like prioritize amongst ourselves and being that, you know, we're part of a massive hospital system. So we are, you know, a distributor itself. Right. But in between... 
um, hour to uh, self-imposed halves of 1A <laughs> is when they opened it up to uh, just like all like the um, pre-existing condition categories and was basically 40% of the state. And um, eventually that paperwork also went through. So I got a additional sign up <laughs> um, email. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> yeah. Four uh, doses. I, Maybe not. Well, well, what was nice about that is I was able to um, take another whack at um, availability without first canceling, mm. which is often the case. If you want to attempt to move yours, is that you have to cancel first. You can't, you know, like go into the Thunderdome and get a new <laughs> one and then... If it's better, cancel your old one. But 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 anyway, um, yeah, that's that's all been terrible. And um, we're also at the point where if R not was something like one point two or whatever that um, like thirty percent of New Jerseyans having at least one dose should be sending us to like zero cases, and we're just sitting at this flat level of new cases a day well which is the people, about where our peak was the people getting the vaccine are by and large not the people aside from the care home residents who are getting infected we are the people who can take off work whenever or you know are it's it's mostly white people yep even in like even efforts specifically to avoid that warp thwarted by white people like the uh the uh armory in new york city had to actually like put a geographic restriction on who could come to it because people from the entire hudson valley <laughs> were seeing available appointments and were just booking them and i mean to be fair like yeah i mean i drove uh 50 miles to another hospital in our uh network to uh, get mine, um, you know, two weeks earlier and a good thing too, because, you know, February was a month of ridiculous days of snow here. Hmm. And that's a whole thing of like things getting moved around. <laughs> but what people don't understand about white privilege is that like, we're not accusing you of doing anything on purpose. You saw an appointment and you figured, I can get to that. I'm taking it. Yeah. Which is okay, sort of. Like, I, it's one of those things like me as an individual recycling versus like huge corporations. That's, um, that's a very good the analogy. Ocean. Right. Like, yeah, like it was a, it was a failure of outreach that, made those appointments available to be sniped by people farther away who would be, uh, you know, able to get to them. Like, how about just vaccinate people in the subway system or something? Like, if, it seems like if our leaders... I guess the other problem... Well, we have lots of problems, okay. <laughs> but one of them is that, like, generally the people who are in charge of things are very privileged people. Um, very few of them, like the lowest level of privilege we see in, in Congress, for example, is people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who grew up, you know, like middle, middle class. So she definitely, you know, she worked as a bartender, she met people, and she's an intelligent person who looks around her. But a lot of other legislators, like, 
it doesn't occur to them that we need to it, it that this system sucks where if if you're <laughs> if you're white and relatively rich then it's going to be a million times easier for you to get this vaccine than if you're in one of the groups that's actually in the greatest danger from this and to resolve that we need to get to people where they're at and make you know vaccinate them at the Amazon warehouse vaccinate people you know at the grocery stores, at the distribution centers for the grocery stores, <laughs> like physically go to where the people already are, vaccinate them at, you know, ports of entry, whatever, um, transportation hubs. Right. And all of the like, um, so first of all, according to the CDC's initial recommendations, all of the health related reasons for uh, vaccine prioritization were 1C. So that was, you know, the, <laughs> the, the bottom of the top. Um, and the thinking there was that um, those are the vaccinations that are uh, aimed at preventing death, not spread. If you were high risk um, in for, you know, risk of death because of, you know, genetics, maybe, um, and also in a high-risk occupation, then, you know, it would have been a wash anyway because your occupation would have gotten to you first. And um, doing all the people in their early 20s who work at those occupations, like, it's not like throwing away vaccines. It's um, taking care of potential vectors. And, like, we just took all that recommendation and threw it in the garbage. Yeah. Because the other thing about the the people in their 20s who are spreading it around at their places of work is that a lot of those people live <laughs> with older people who are likely to die. It seems like a very reasonable thing to do to do spread suppression vaccination as a priority. But I'm not in charge of anything. So here we are. Yeah. And we probably took too long to do it um, at all. <laughs> oh, um, undoubtedly. Part of that is, you know, like uh, the raw logistics of like just manufacturing the damn things and um even the j and j one uh which it's nice because it is uh like just needs to be in a fridge so you know you could stick it in your beer cooler and <laughs> send it anywhere um which will be great but their manufacturing just did not live up to expectation at all that's why that's not like everywhere yet the, you know like handfuls of it are showing up places but it's uh you know in new jersey we're still doing uh primarily uh pfizer which i don't know if we did something to like uh, uh with them specifically um but it just seems to be overwhelming just i haven't had any anecdata of anyone getting <laughs> the other one yeah. and i have a lot of anecdata so it's kind of weird everyone but, i know is getting <laughs> pfizer too yeah it's it's weird <laughs> One of my coworkers had COVID back in December and she got her first dose of Pfizer and it knocked her flat on her ass for like a whole afternoon. And I'm like, damn, I guess that yeah. wasn't a myth. Yep. That, that anecdote turned out to be good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only other explanation for um, the localized uh, ignored outbreak, because no one wants to talk about it anymore. Um, mm. That's going on in the New York city area is that, um, since we aren't doing genetic profiling of the virus to the extent that anywhere else is, um, that some variant is running amok. And that was uh, something that is 
more spreadable, whether it's actually more like dangerous, um, who knows. But mm -hmm. we could find ourselves in a situation where we have a fully vaccinated, you know, to the extent people are willing, population. Mm -hmm. And that will be fighting against a variant that will be able to uh, break through the vaccine's blocking immunity, which, um, at least against classic corona, um, which, uh, stay tuned for that to be uh, Trump's uh, campaign thing in uh, mm. 2024 when we're still going through this. <sighs> Y'all laughed at me when I said this was going to take a year last year. Mm. <laughs> um, but it does seem to show uh, actual blocking immunity against that. Uh, and by blocking, I mean that, like, it doesn't uh, go up your nose and start spreading it and, like, you start shedding. It's just like neutralized on contact kind of thing which is great to the extent it's ethical to do like uh in lab studies of some of the more dangerous variants on uh vaccinated blood at least mm. the immune response has been um not as bad as the immune response to the novel coronavirus um like you know with that's the reason we call it that, because it was just naive to humans at all. But it is at the same aggressiveness as an unrelated but still novel, uh, like another what would be considered uh, novel coronavirus. Um, so, like, it shows the same response against, like, uh, just other bat coronaviruses that are, like, you know, maybe could turn into something COVID-like, but aren't even, like, human transmissible at the moment. <laughs> right. Not yet, anyway. We'll see how it goes. Um, that's alarming. Like, that's really <laughs> alarming. Because, like, the exact thing that America was, like, most likely to do was end up in this scenario where we'll get everyone with a vaccine that will protect you from death and still have variants that can penetrate that and will use it to keep spreading and maybe or not continue to make variants that do something else. But no one will be dying of it anymore. And it'll just be that we have this highly transmissible, like, year-round colds are, will be a thing. No, thank you. <laughs> that will like also like last two weeks right so more like a flu but like but ever present and, yeah. yeah and also like you didn't get it from the sniffly guy it just happens <laughs> right because we're all just walking around breathing so the fact that these variants did not evolve in the presence of the vaccine means that like what they really evolved um like what their selective pressure was against was masks uh, spiky part is what changed and um, what changed about it seems to be its stickiness. So before when you would have to like, you know, dump a bag of 100 viruses on an ACE2 receptor for one of them to stick, um, of the variants, it's, you know, like one of them. Like, you could just throw one and if you hit it, it'll stick. Note that this is not an argument against masking. Right, quite the contrary. 
<laughs> it's just, you know, like playing the numbers game, you know, just got a lot worse. So mm. now you have to like make sure you're doing a good job of masks. We could right. have knocked this out by everyone wearing cloth masks in early March and like never even closing down. Yeah, my freedoms. Right. But because instead of that, we did um, no masks and some states never locking down. Um, mm. This is where we are. Yeah, it's a shit show. It didn't have to be this. It's <laughs> It didn't have to be like this, but it is. Because of yeah. American culture and how fucked up it is. Like, yeah, we can like totally tell there's a different president. Maui County was doing pretty well for a while, but they're... For some reason... I don't think this used to be a thing, but they've been doing like drum circles at some of the beaches <laughs> where like a bunch of unmasked people like bang on drums and like chant and whatever. I don't think it. And this is like white people. This is not like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. this is not it, any it, cultural. No. <laughs> it, it's cultural appropriation at best. Right. Um, and that's been kind of a vector on, on Maui, which had the advantage of being a small island in the middle of the ocean. Uh, so, like, you know, very few people were going in and out for a while, but I guess the few people who did, like, went to these asinine drum circles. I don't know. But both my parents got their first doses, at least. That's impressive for um, outdoor, uh, humid, sunny spreading, because all of those things are, you know, fairly <laughs> virus hostile. yeah. So I, I guess it really comes down to, like, the whole, like, chanting of it, because, like... They crowded together, they're... and, yeah. Oh, there was alcohol and plenty of drugs, too, so... It, there was there was definitely some close contact as well. Yeah. And we always knew that, like, there was that very early, like, uh, like choir rehearsal or whatever, where, like, I don't know, like, a lot, like, almost everyone got it, and there were several deaths... Yeah, so, when you like, sing, we, we you always knew, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you protect a virus as well as. I don't know. We were supposed to be, you know, like. I don't like how everyone's talking. Like we're almost out of this because. Oh, we're like, so not. <laughs> to be one of those, like, well, the data implies assholes. Like <laughs> the data implies we're not. We there's no like, blip in like vaccines like making a dent. Just like there seems to be some seasonality to it. And um, it just like the virus came ashore in New York last year. Mm. It seems we have a new flavor this year. And like March last year, we had not uh, started doing genetic profiling of it. <sighs> yeah, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. At least I can buy toilet paper. Yeah. So, yeah, part of everyone <laughs> just, like, being, like, sick of everything and doing stupid things is that now there's no run on any products, so. Although the grocery stores still are, like, out of weird random things at weird random times. Like, it's not fully normal. Yeah, and that's, you know, just a, a function of the, uh, turns out the uh, real villain was capitalism all along. Oh, who would have guessed? <laughs> the financialization of everything, so not... So that, like, warehouses aren't a thing that exists anymore and everything's all same day. So there is no, like, buffer in anything. So that's that would be why any one random thing is gone. Because there's, you know, if the factory has to, like, close down for a day because of, you know, cases. Right. Then, you know, that's uh, some day that ripples out of that. There will be no deliveries. 
I mean, it has also been a year of me using a bidet and uh, not using any bathrooms that aren't my own. And, you know, of all the like, I don't know if I can go back to, uh, you know, online shopping in an office memes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can go back to toilets. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been pretty sweet to like be able to only have my own toilet paper, especially since I've been able to get my preferred Charmin. I did not uh, get a bidet. Prescription strength stuff. Yes, it's a flag. <laughs> I, I got to wipe my ass with a fluffy cloud. It's just, it's important to me. <laughs> uh, I do want to get uh, the heated bidet, though, and I don't have an outlet um, in my uh, <laughs> in my bathroom yet <laughs> and uh the basement flooded so we have to deal with that first right but you are now a homeowner so like that yet is like a thing that can actually happen <laughs> yeah so i guess we have that to look forward to totally